We're getting like fluffy here, but that's really okay because as long-term entrepreneurs, we all go through this stuff and the people listening, maybe they're a few years behind us. Maybe they're just starting and they need to know what this journey looks like because it's not a straight line like a lot of people think. Oh, you're on YouTube and you got all these followers and all this stuff. I'm like, no, we still do real work every single day. And so it's just like how you balance that and how you bring it in. But when you lose that passion, you lose yourself. That's part of me. So I had to get back to figuring out how I was going to bring thrifting back in because that would kept going down, down, down over here while I was doing Amazon. You know, I just like left it and realized if you ask yourself that question, like, what would you do now if you just had Elon Musk out of money that just like literally set for life, your kids are set for life, like you need nothing, want nothing. What would you do with your time? Welcome to the Amazon Files podcast brought to you by Mommy Income, where we help others start and scale businesses on Amazon by taking small, consistent steps. Here's your host, Kristen Ostrander, a 17-year e-commerce veteran who knows a thing or two about building a seven-figure Amazon empire from the comfort of her own home. Surrounded by three energetic kids and a hunky husband, she still has an insatiable desire to see others succeed. Hey, hey, welcome everyone to this week's episode of the Amazon Files brought to you by Mommy Income. I am your host, Kristen Ostrander, and today we are welcoming back one of my favorite guests, a friend we have met a long time ago back in 2015 for Amazon FBA stuff. And we met in a Facebook group, I believe, uh, called Mommy Income. <laughs> anyway, its name is Scott Zilke, aka The Bearded Picker. And we instantly shared a love of thrifting and flipping stuff on eBay and Amazon and doing arbitrage. And at that time, he had quit his job and he was driving all over the country doing Amazon FBA and eBay flipping. And we went thrifting once and they had a great time at a, at a conference with a bunch of people. And we just had been friends. He is such an amazing person just a great entrepreneur in general. And so I'm so happy to have Scott back on the show. So welcome, Scott. It's so good to have you here. Scott, hey, I'm so glad you're back on the show. It's good to see you. It's very good to talk to you. It's been a while. It has been a while, too long, in fact. And so, I mean, I know you haven't been putting out too many videos, so I had to hit you up and be like, you know what, you at least got to come on my video because we got to have a chat. I've always enjoyed your channel, The Bearded Picker. And so tell me what you've been doing in the last several months that have, you know, taken you away from your channel. I uh, well, took my own advice. You know, I did a morning show for, what, four or five years straight every Wednesday or and sometimes a couple times a week. And where I would tell people, you know, my opinion on what's going on and, you know, how they can really focus on newer people, start businesses and, and what they can do to be successful. Turns out I never listened to my own self. Uh, and that's, <laughs> you get so busy. And so I decided to just make a U-turn and change what I sold and change the philosophy of my business, not necessarily the model, because it's still, it's still arbitrage. It's just, I was trying to come up with a different term, yard sale arbitrage, something because thrifting and yard sale, that's my passion. I've done that since I can't remember a time in my life I didn't go to a yard sale. And I live in an area in Huntsville, Alabama that has got very good yard, very tech area. And I'm the electronics guy. And that's the stuff I pick up. And I'm like, wait a minute. This stuff you use has got tremendous value on Amazon. A good example, this morning I will be shipping out a Dyma 450 label maker. And you think, Beard, what can you do with one Dyma? I got $237 for a four or five-year-old label printer that I picked up at a yard sale for $5. People don't understand our kind. Like, I'm the same as you. I cannot, when you said that, I was like, I'm trying to think of a memory that far back that I can remember about five years old, about that age. And we just didn't have a lot of money. So I love yard sales because everything was cheap. I mean, if I had a dollar, I could buy stuff. And so to me, that was like the beginning of my love of thrifting. And I know you, we instantly bonded over that stuff. I've learned a lot from you as far as the electronics. I remember the one time we, we went to like with Savers or or something like that. And you were picking up those um, caller ID boxes. The rest of us are like, that's a paperweight. And you're like, no, that's 50 bucks. And we're like, really? And you're showing us the little tricks. I'm like, that's the thing. So you're doing that only now you're doing it on Amazon. So talk a little bit more about your experience on Amazon of discovering that used electronics actually have great value there. Early on, uh, I started later. I started in 13 and 14. And there was lots of rumors about, you know, Amazon traded used stuff different and there was a lot more trouble. And so I listened to the folks that I thought were smarter than me and avoided a lot of, avoided most used stuff on Amazon. And, 
you know, through the years, I saw all, everything I sold on eBay was being flipped to Amazon and, and the light never came on. And I kept telling people, do what you love, do what you love. The light never came on. <laughs> well, if, if finally I was selling a, some stuff and I'm like, why am I doing the drop shipping for somebody else whenever I could be making all the profit? And that was where the light came on. Well, and let's be honest, you know how. It was oh, just, <laughs> why do we do that? They just pure entrepreneurship, right? It's like, it's not a good idea till it's our idea, right? You know, it's like everybody else is doing it, but it's like, wait a second. I mean, I know that's just some of the stuff that we, that we think of, I think about too. It's just like, oh, someone said that a long time ago. I just didn't listen. Now what? <laughs> I shut down my eBay store because I've laughed about my inventory system being a mess. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start that over. So I, I completely killed the eBay store. I think I'm up to like, 45 listings right now or something. I, I had a store that had a thousand and I, I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm done. Kill it. And so I'm slowly working that back. So that's taking some time to the organization. Actually, uh, sorry, that was Joni. Um, I love Lloyd. If you can see videos on the channel, she beat breast cancer. She now volunteers at the breast cancer center, center, center. where she was treated. So I just want to highlight something. Yeah. So uh, she's she's going to volunteer. She does that every every Thursday. It's really a highlight of her week. If you if you want to see an inspirational story, there's about eight videos on the channel of just what breast cancer really is, and we didn't know. So absolutely, you guys, is it a beardedpicker.com or beard picker? Just your YouTube channel. I'm both. Okay, go to both of those and see those videos. I mean, these are some amazing people, and like I'm getting ready to do a series coming up called People You Should Know people that maybe, you know, you just, I know that people aren't connected to, or, you know, we're all inspired or changed by different things. It might be your next door neighbor, or it might be someone you go to church with, or it might be someone halfway around the world that you read a story about, but we all can be impacted and inspired by somebody else's, well, not only their struggle and their sacrifice, but their overcoming of that and what that looks like. And so I love that you and Joni are so willing to share your stories and your ups and downs and all that, because it really does help people get through, you know, those challenging times. Yeah, that was very interesting. And actually, the way worlds collide, her first chemo nurse, Jessica Jordan is her name. And uh, the last name is probably a key for you uh, Amazon folks out there. You know, she asked me what I did, and I told her. And she was trying to put Johnny knees, and we're just talking, like, I mean, because she spent more time with us because it was Johnny's first treatment. And she said, yeah, my, my husband's in the stuff on the Internet, you know, like website dynamics or whatever. I have to forget how she put it. Turns out her husband is private label guru, Tim Jordan. He lived eight miles from here. So uh, it's weird how worlds collide. But uh, the videos, I, you know, I let it take a back seat for, you know, the last six weeks just, just to get my head wrapped around because I've still got wholesale. I've still got a storage building full of wholesale. And it was really figuring out what I had and what I was seeing that could go on Amazon. And that was the me changing the model and switching because now all of a sudden, you're back to testing items. So you, you've got your time gets allocated in different ways. And you, I rearranged the building because your storage needs, if you're storing things like printers and bigger electronics, you need more space. And space was at a premium. And so, you know, I redesigned my storage setup. So that's where I went. I was like, you know what? I need to put me first. I need to figure out, I can't continue to give out content and help people. If I can't help myself and I'm not here anymore, I need to fix where I'm going. And then I'm, you know, now the videos I put out three this week, they're coming back. That's awesome. You know, thanks for being so vulnerable because that, those things are so real. Like, you know, you and I have been at this game a long time. And of course, you know, making videos and supporting people and helping them because that's part of who we are and why we share and why we want, you know, that's part of our purpose. But at the same time, you hit the nail on the head saying like, we also have to mind our business. And if we're constantly helping and serving and, and doing all that, it's like, try to ride two horses with one ass. You just can't do it. You know, it's really a difficult thing to have to take some time and recognize that it's just part of that entrepreneurship that as we're growing and learning into that, that it's okay to change business models when they just don't suit you anymore. They don't work for you anymore. I mean, we grew up, at least I grew up and I'm assuming we're the same age, 40 ish. Oh, no, I'm in the 50 so. oh, fi oh, ish. Oh, 50 ish. Okay. So you more than me grew up in that era of like the nine to five American dream. And like you go to a right. job and you work there for 40 years and you retire with a pension and, you know, move to Florida and live happily ever after. And we're in more of an entrepreneurship generation now where we have more options. We don't have to go work nine to five and just do whatever everybody else is doing. We can travel the world like you did for a while and just resell stuff. It's this technology we live in, but the pros and cons also mean that that nine to five provided a lot more natural rest. You didn't take your work home with you when you didn't have the internet. 
You were just like, you're home for the night. You watch TV, you played outside, whatever you did. And now we're just constantly on the go. So being adapting and changed to stop and say, hey, this isn't working for me anymore. It's not like quitting a nine to five and just doing another nine to five. It's like, this isn't working for me. So I'm just going to shift it a little bit and see if that works for me, you know, because we have those options now and it's a really nice era to live in, but it also can cause that constant hamster wheel of trying to do all the things all the time. Yeah, especially I I grew up in the 70s and 80s and there weren't cell phones, you know, pagers were barely coming out. And so if you went to do something, you could do whatever. Nobody was tracking you down. Your job didn't follow you like it does now. You carry a phone around, especially us trying to find values of items. That phone becomes your work tether and you never are without it. So your ball the, other and part chain. Of design, <laughs> the other part of the redesign of this business too was figuring out, you know, if I'm going to sell used products, Yard sales here are only nine months a year. So I've got to prepare for three months. So I'd never done anything with Facebook Marketplace. And now I buy quite a bit from Facebook Marketplace. And I've sold, I've actually sold on Facebook Marketplace, which I swore I would never do. So finding other avenues was the other thing that uh, I had to really assess is you can't look short term. You know, man, this if you're doing yard sales right now, this is great. You live in Michigan. Your yard sale season is less than ours. Yeah, it's so. really short. I mean, we're talking May to... If you're lucky, maybe the first week of October, October is like very bipolar. Like it could snow one day and it can be 70 degrees the next day. So October is beautiful, but it's only half the month. So we get like six months or so a year. But Michigan also, at least my area of Michigan is year round estate sales, which is my bread and butter. I love estate sales. And I I mean, we can talk estate sales forever and ever because like I love yard sales too. I literally, I was driving my daughter to camp today and there's a sub sale and I'm like, you don't have time. You don't have time. Go home, go home. It was a pep talk because I could not, I was like, but it's a sub sale, but it's a sub sale. And I'm like, nope, I had to go. I mean, I literally had this conversation in my head because I had to go home. I did not have time. And I'm like, oh, but it's it's, it's tomorrow though. It's yeah, okay, I I'll get you a, back. I always do estate sales. So I'm actually going to two this afternoon here. It's another thing too, is estate sales are another one. You've got to learn a game. I buy older electronics. That's not an estate sale bread and butter item. Most people don't buy it. So you you have to figure out, I don't necessarily have to go the first day because right. I, can, I can help myself and cost the sales by buying it at 25% off on the second day. There are some items that will be gone the first day. Okay, let's talk just for fun. We're shifting this to thrifting because this is what we both love and love to talk about. So guess what? That's what we're doing. Estate sales, right? So you said that's not your bread and butter. And I'm like a last day Lucy kind of person. I'm like, whatever is there for me is there for me. Now, if it's a, if it's something that I'm not much of a collector myself, I'm just a reseller. I just see value. I'm like, I'm going to get that thing. And I promise you, no one else is going to get that thing because they don't know what that is. But like there's first day items and then there's like, I'm going to go on the last day and get the, the best deal that I can get. And I pick up those kind of things. My specialty right now is I like Barbie dolls old Barbie dolls and Barbie doll clothes, American girl stuff, and then uh, costume jewelry. So most people go to yard sales and they're looking for gold and silver and all the real stuff, right? And I'm going to the fake stuff because I've become pretty educated on some of the reselling items of the the collective jewelry. Most people, they're like a quarter. Like the people will give it to you just to get rid of like clip-on earrings. No, man, I can sell those for hundreds. So it's like, those are the stuff I go back and I'm like, okay, I'll give you 50 bucks for all this. And they're like, okay, take it away. And it's just, it's fantastic. So the other thing that, so we have a local auction area. It used to be a high bid. It's now a bid wrangler, but it's the same thing. They've been, I guess, 10 or 12 years, they've been running this auction. And I was just doing it every other week. I was just running Amazon returns and stuff through it. And finally got serious and asked the auctioneer, I'm like, I need to do this every week. Can I have two tables every week? Two eight-foot tables. And he's like, sure, we can do that. My buddy Harlan, he already did. He has three each week. I just put a video up on the channel today about buying from a yard sale and flipping it through the auction. It is incredible fun. One thing I have preached and I've tried not to do is never legislate out in your business the fun part. You've got to have fun. You've got to enjoy this. There's a reason you do this and you made it into your business, but the accounting, all that crazy stuff can drag you down. You've got to have the fun stuff. It's amazing fun to buy stuff at a yard sale for a dollar and watch it go 10, 12, 15, 20 at an auction. People go, well, that's not that much money, but I have 40, 50, 60 lots of this kind of stuff. And if you're making eight, 10, 12 dollars on a dollar, that becomes pretty good money once a week, every week. I've got to look through that and find something here that has like a local auction because I think they're fun to go to. My husband and I, um, we have a place in Northern Michigan and we went to like this 
basically everything goes sale. They just they brought the tractor trailer around and just had everything on a trailer. And the guy was moving around the whole lot just you know, auction stuff off. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, we need to do that with some of our, you know, leftovers and this like kind of a eBay auction kind of thing of stuff that I'm just like not messing with anymore. Just like whole lots of stuff. That, that sounds like fun. And you know what? You said something that's super, super important, because I think that's what happens to so many people is that you start a business because you're having so much fun and you're like, oh my gosh, this is great. And you're addicted to that, that treasure hunt and then the money that comes with it. But then you get caught in the weeds. You get caught in the, like you said, accounting and keeping the books and making sure you're doing all this. And then you add content to that and all that kind of, I mean, it's alone. eBay and running a thrifting business alone is enough work for any person. And then, you know, you add the pressures of now teaching people because that's also a passion. So where have you found or are you still figuring out how to find that balance between I still want to have fun and I still want to serve and teach and I still want to make good money and and finding that balance? What have you done for yourself to help you reel that in a little? Best thing I ever did was hire an accountant. If you get to the point where you can hire an accountant and this is how serious this is, folks. I went to University of Alabama. I have an accounting degree and gave up accounting. You know, that's (laughs) something I'm trained in. And I, I used to think I enjoyed it some, but actually... My accountant actually texted me yesterday and said, I hadn't talked to you in three months. Are you still alive? I'm like, yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> He's like, uh, just check it in and make sure everything's all right. We need to do mid-year. I'm like, yeah, I'm behind a month or two. I'll get caught up with you this weekend. But get the stuff that you don't like, that's where the key is. Outsource anything that, that you don't enjoy. You know, I didn't enjoy the accounting. Outsource the accounting. I enjoy the teaching part. I enjoy making the videos. I enjoy talking to people which is weird because I'm an introvert in person, but on the computer and talking on videos. I can explain that to you. See, the thing is, is that you're still by yourself, which is part of the introvert that's being served is you're actually not, you're not having any input from people when you're sitting in your own box, you're outputting. And so a lot of people with introverts, it's usually because you need the less input. And so that's why it works when you're in a camera because it's output, but the input is what bothers the introvert extrovert thing. It's really cool. You know, I appreciate you saying that because I totally agree with you. I have outsourced so many things. As a matter of fact, I'm not sure if you talk to the folks over at eBliss, but that's something that I am moving towards with my eBay store. Because what happened to me is that I got so caught up more in the Amazon and doing Amazon and then wholesale and bundling, which bundling was best for me because it, it tapped into that creative side of making something from nothing, which I love doing. And so I, I got a handle on that. And that was, but, but I was losing the fun because I didn't have that thrifting itch that I love so much. I had to actually cut myself off from going to yard sales and steak sales because I love to buy, but I wasn't selling. And I wasn't buying because I collect. I'm like, oh, this is worth money. I'm like, uh-huh. And pretty soon my space was closing in on me because I wasn't selling it. I was just knowing it's resellable. And so I'm like, well, I have to either solve that problem or make it go away. So I cut myself off for a while, but then I realized it was really affecting me. That was my outlet. Like that was the fun and the passion of like, I really love thrifting. And then have you ever had that conversation with yourself? I know we're getting like fluffy here, but that's really okay because as long-term entrepreneurs, we all go through this stuff and the people listening, maybe they're a few years behind us. Maybe they're just starting and they need to know what this journey looks like because it's not a straight line like a lot of people think. Oh, you're on YouTube and you got all these followers and all this stuff. I'm like, no, we still do real work every single day. And so it's just like how you balance that and how you bring it in. But when you lose that passion, you lose yourself. That's part of me. So I had to get back to figuring out how I was going to bring thrifting back in because that would kept going down, down, down over here while I was doing Amazon. You know, I just like left it and realized if you ask yourself that question, like, What would you do now if you just had Tesla kind of money, you know, like Elon Musk kind of money that just like literally set for life. Your kids are set for life. Like you need nothing, want nothing. What would you do with your time? And I'm like, I'd go to estate sales because I love them. I would play cornhole a lot more than I do today. And I would just like, I mean, but I would literally go to garage sales today. I would have stopped at the sub sale and probably spent all day there. And then I would list the stuff because I would have time for that. And I was like, well, wait. That's how this whole thing started to begin with. Like, I need to just bring that back. It showed me something that I needed to bring that right back in and be like, this has to be a part of my life. You have to prepare for the long term. The one thing I can tell you is change is going to happen. If you don't adapt to change, I tell everybody whenever I'm on the morning show, when these new eBay or Amazon half year things come out, figure out how you can take advantage of it. If you sit around and complain and moan and groan, you're behind everybody else who's going, you know what? I can do this and that, you know? These new rules, you adapt to the new rules, but also your personal life can change your business. You know, you've met my wife earlier in here. 
whenever she got diagnosed with breast cancer, I'd driven to New York to meet friends up there for vacation. That's where she found out she had a lump. She found it herself. And uh, I was a van. I was Mr. Retail Arbitrage all over this country, 41 states in five years, 200,000 miles traveled, just buying stuff everywhere, seeing everywhere. And it changed that moment in time. It changed. It not only changed because she had a year fight to get back to normal, but it also changed the way I see life. And no longer did I, I would, I tried after it. I tried, you know, I'd be two days into a trip and go, this is not me anymore. I need to be at home. What do you miss in life when your priorities shift so dramatically whenever life, you know, I'm in my fifties and midlife. So that's already messes with you. And then to have a crisis of she got sick. We've been together almost 30 years when she got sick. And it, it'll scare the hell out of you to think that I've spent all this time running all over the country by myself and missed the last eight, seven or eight years. And they could have been the last ones. That was the first reorg of the businesses. I went more into wholesale, even though I still do retail arbitrage. And I decided wholesale is all right, but it's damn awful boring. That's where the fun went out. And I'm like, got to start figuring out. If you're not into this and understand that it's going to change and you have to change and you have to be grounded in what you love and figure out how to continue to make what you love work in this business. That's the key. And we'll sit here and talk about yard sales and estate sales all day because mm-hmm. we love that. But don't miss the fact that I have figured out how to work that auction. I'm telling you, find an auction mm-hmm. because when you buy it on Friday and Saturday and then put it on an auction table on Monday and never see it again, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, you got me salivating. Like, no that's joke. Beautiful. I'm like, let me add that. I'm over here, like, t- you know, writing it down. I'm serious because that's that's part of the problem with the thrifting, right? Is it, it can turn into a problem. It can turn into a warehouse and a garage and a thing because like the listing and the distributing and selling of the goods needs to take place as well. And that's the hard part is that like the passion, the addiction is not just in the find, but it's also in the sell because I have a lot of finds sitting next to me. It's just like when you actually make the money and show yourself and the world, I guess, that like this is the thing that we do. And I think that's so true. What you're saying is if you're going to be an entrepreneur, you don't do it for the money. That's part of it. But you do it for the passion. You do it because you can't do anything else because nothing else suits you. And what you said is so true. And what I think we start learning in midlife, right, is that like it sometimes does take a crisis. It takes a crisis to show us what's really important. And it's like if everything was stripped away what are the few things that I would choose? What would I want to do? If Amazon died tomorrow, I would be out of a job. I would be out of a job teaching people to sell on Amazon and I'd be out of a job selling on Amazon. So what if I had to start over or reinvent myself or whatever it is, what would I do? And I would be right back to thrifting. I'm like, I will sell everything that's not attached to this wall to make ends meet and I would love every second of it. It's like, that's what I should be doing on a regular basis. And so I'm getting more back to that. And that's just part of me. And I think no matter what someone's doing, if someone's listening right now and they're like, well, I've listened to you guys and I've tried the thrifting thing and it's just kind of, it just doesn't do it for me or I just don't get it or it's just not interesting or whatever, then do something else. Like do whatever it is that that makes you feel like this is what I want to do today. And like, you don't have to blow it off because it's what you want to do. You know, like call in sick. No, I'm not calling in sick. I can't wait to go to the sub sale. Like that's the kind of passion that produces entrepreneurship to begin with. The results are in y'all. Listings with A plus enhanced brand content are increasing sales by 10% or more. Now I love this, but the reason I don't utilize this brand registry feature is because I'm not a designer. Graphics are really not my thing, until now. Our friends at Graphic Rhythm have taken the pain out of A-plus content for non-designers like me. Creatives is a new DIY service that puts beautiful and coordinated design templates right into the hands of sellers. Even sellers like me with no design skills can create unique and captivating images and A-plus content with just a few clicks. With Creatives, Amazon sellers can leverage the Graphic Rhythm design team by using drop and drag style templates to optimize their own gallery images, A-plus content, and even things like social media posts and business cards. This is a game changer and a time saver. All of the templates are fully customizable, a breeze to use, and I produced my first A-plus content module in Creatives in less than five minutes. If I can use this amazing tool, anyone can. Right now, as a Mommy Income listener, you have a chance to get creatives at a founder's price, which means my listeners can join for a low price that they can lock in for life. What? 
I am already hooked and I'd love for you to check out this tool and see what you think. It's really fast and easy. To try creatives and gain access to all their design templates, visit mommyincome.com forward slash create. Again, to try creatives, it's mommyincome.com forward slash create. This auction sells 40 to 60 lots per week is what I put up there. And so just think about on Friday and Saturday, I can buy 40 to 60 things. So I had to set rules because some things sell better on eBay than at the auction because you still are going to find those gems at yard sales and state sale. And so if it's worth more than $50, it goes on eBay. Anything mm-hmm. else goes to the auction and it's worked out. Figure out okay, what works so give us a little bit of detail about these auctions. So yours is more of like you, when you say you get a table, like how, like break it down for me. I'm walking in the door. What does this place look like? And as a seller of your lot, what does it break it down it's for like, it's a complete online auction. So if you can go and you, they have preview days every Monday, so you can go look. It's a big warehouse. One side is one week, one side is the next. And so the current week auction, you go to those tables, you know, an eight foot table, I'll have like 20, 30 items on one table and there'll be, I'll put a little index card in front of it. Tell them what it is. So the person, I don't take pictures. I don't do any of that stuff. They'll take the picture. So I, they need to know what it is, I guess, to help give more information. Cause I, uh, we found the more information we can put on the cars, they get taken in the picture. So the somebody who doesn't go preview it, they can look at it. Like like an example right here, I, I picked up some knives, which I don't know why. I was at a yard sale at 10 o'clock in the morning, which for here is three hours after it opened. Mm-hmm. And there were still case pocket knives there for $2 each. Why? I don't know. And so I have a, a picture of a case knife. It's a 6344. It's a three blade knife. So they'll take a picture of front and back and my cards and both pictures. That $2 knife is sitting at $27.50 right now. <laughs> and so I picked up six knives at that same yard sale. So there's a section of that table that's got six knives and each one of them's got an MS card telling who made it, what the model number is and how many blades are on the knife and whether it's a pocket knife or a, a locking knife. You know, I put so, them on it's, the table. so it's on, it's an online auction. The company, they take pictures of, and you have a certain table space and they, then they just Correct. auction it all off. When you walk in, it'll just be a bunch of tables, enough tables. They, they run usually 2,400 lots every week. So that's a lot. An auction usually runs three hours every Thursday night is when it ends. It's a soft close auction. So that means that in the last two minutes, if you bid, it goes back to two minutes. So you can't tonight, mm-hmm. like you still on eBay where sniping yeah. was so much fun. So the tables are just blank tables. And so we can put under and above on the tables. So you'll walk up and you'll see the complete tables covered with all items and then underneath the big stuff. This is the big side. So on the big side, I think I've got two 10-foot tables and a set of shelves. I've got 67 items. And it's stuff like a Dansko pair of clogs. They're right now, they're at $9. I've got $2 in them from a yard sale. So that's... That's making no, money. Well, in comparison, how much work do you have to do and what kind of fees are there as opposed to like selling all that stuff individually on eBay? Because I think we all understand the time commitment it takes to even list one thing on eBay. It doesn't, ha- it's not rocket science and it doesn't have to take that long, but like, let's just call it like a 30 minutes by the time you take all the pitch. I mean, I don't know. It's 30% fee. And all I do is lay it on the table and walk away. They okay. take the pictures, they make the listing on, on their auction site and, and run the auction. And I come back the next Monday and bring the next set of tables. They give me a check. So every week I take stuff up there every Monday and get a check. And then the next Monday. I so take your me. markup has to be at least 30% in order to, to make some money. So it doesn't matter how much it goes for. It's just a straight 30%. Correct. And minimum bid is $5 to start. So it goes $1 up to 20, then it's 250 and it. 50, it becomes five and it's 10 at a hundred. So it's pretty standard. So your rule is under 50 buck value. You're doing the auction because it's Correct. just a kind of a no brainer. You write some stuff on a card and then they you just lay it on the table. And then 50 plus you do eBay or, you know, do you sell all over or just, do you really just focus on eBay? eBay or Amazon. It could go either way, okay. mainly, except for big items. Stuff that I don't want to ship or don't want to deal with, it can be worth more than 50. It goes to the auction just so I don't have to ship it. Okay. It's really changed the way I look at things. You know, women's shoes, I've, I've been selling, at this auction, I've got a Vera Bradley backpack, women's shoes, there's a computer, there's an air fryer, which is at 14, 
folks, you can buy air fryers at yard sales for like three or four bucks. If that's <laughs> they're all right, all the rage right now, all over TikTok, are air fryer. Dude, I can live without my air fryer. My life has changed since my air fryer. Let me tell you this right now. I like fried food. I like crispy chicken nuggets and w- chicken wings. Man, make chicken wings in your air fryer and tell me they're not just like deep fried. I dare you. <laughs> I mean, I've got radon mugs. I've got Boy Scout books, Hot Wheels cars. It really changes. So everybody who's done yard sales, especially guys, you walk, you go by yard sale and go, that's a pink yard sale. I'm not stopping because it's all girl stuff. It's all kids stuff. It's whatever. I can tell you this right now. I am going to try this with my jewelry because I will literally pick up a pair of earrings, clip on, you know, old vintage earrings that people, a dime a dozen for most people, they, they leave them behind. I could sell a whole lot of those that I got for literally a dollar and they'll, they'll probably sell for 25 or $30 in an auction. You know, eBay is harder to come by because there's more competition. But locally, there's somebody, people that love those, collect those, and they'll they'd be gone in a minute. I'm trying that for sure. I buy anything now. You know, it really forces you to up your game and to understand you. I walk into, you know, a yard sale every week with a real good friend, Harlan. We go every Friday and Saturday. He sells at the same auction. We look completely different stuff. And we, because we buy everything, we fill up my van every single Friday, every single Saturday of stuff going to the auction. Just you know, this week I, on the video, I think I spent $127 on those 44 lots. They sold for $650 and the profit on those items was 300 and something. And that's and, Paycheck Friday. That's right now money. That's next Friday yeah. money. That's not like it took you six months to ditch all that on eBay. It's literally you put it in your van. Do you like clean anything up and test it and all that? Or I mean, what's the process of the yard sale to the auction? Because you said... Friday, Saturday, and then there's a Monday. So I'm thinking there's not a whole lot of time in between. You just literally shuffle it from here to here, or is there a process to your electronics? I will test to make sure they work. But most stuff, you know, a lamp, a Pyrex balls. I'm just reading knives. Everything I've gotten this week: DVDs, a boot puller, shoes. So, you know, if there's shoes, I'll hit them with a Mr. Clean Clean. Yeah, just to make it white again. Mm-hmm. Electronics, I will test. You know, maybe there's four electronics, so it doesn't take, what, five, ten minutes. It doesn't take much. And then everything else, you know, lamps, clothes, DVDs. I get home in the van. I put stuff in boxes and throw it in the back of the truck on Friday. On Saturday, that stuff is already going. So I just mm-hmm. see what I need to, to touch up on Sunday. And then everything comes out of the truck into the van to join it. And then I drive the van Monday morning. So it's it's a little system. It's, it it's, sounds it's amazing. Really is that year round, too? They have the auctions year, year round? round. Okay, so you around. So I have storage sales. buildings full of junk that, okay, wonderful merchandise. People get mad at me when I call it junk. It's junk to you. It's treasure to somebody else. Good for them. It's junk to me. So I'll sell all that stuff off. You know, that's that's my plan is to clear out my buildings through the winter because we won't have yard sales, but we'll have estate sales. There'll still be thrift stores. It's amazing that even I had quit thrifting and going to thrift stores, but now we're doing this, you know, picking up shoes and other things. The auction has really made it where add a lot of fun. I mean, it truly has added because the instant gratification for those of you who weren't around when eBay had auctions, I'm going to tell you where eBay screwed up. eBay messed up trying to be Amazon and they they went away from auctions. The best thing eBay had going for it was the last minutes of the auction to see what the heck something sold for. You had no idea what it was going to sell for. And it was the thrill of that brought a lot of people to sell on that platform. It was completely different than anything we'd seen. Because you had the live auction. They had they had managed to get the live auction on your computer. Yeah, you know, that, that was their breakthrough. And I think they got away from it because, you know, there's so many different things. Like you said, they tried to be Amazon or they're trying to, you know, it's like, it's like stay in your lane. Like do what you're good at. Keep it at auctions. I mean, if you like auctions, there's nothing more thrilling than an auction, especially if you're a collector and you're getting something for cheap at an auction. You're like, you scored. But if you're a reseller, it's the same thing. I scored because... I stole that item and I'm about to resell it over here for, you know, X amount of dollars. I mean, I used to feel guilty sometimes because I'd be like, oh, you know, like you ever watch American Pickers or whatever on TV and you just laugh at their margins and you laugh at like the way they do TV. It's like this ain't this ain't picking. I don't know. I don't even say I'm like, there's no margin in that. I'm like, you've got to just I don't know. I struggle with that show. I'm like, this isn't picking. I, I'm like, we'll we'll go picking and we'll show them how it's really done. Their margins, they're making like 10 or 15%. I'm like, I'm not in. If I'm thrifting, I'm not in unless it's like three or 400%. I know. I'm like, why? I'm like, I would never buy that. And I know, I think like 
that's different. Like sometimes you see that show and you know, people are more like they're collectors and that that's a sentimental value and it has a different value than like someone just having a yard sale to get rid of some stuff. Like if people are attached to their things, then they're not willing to sell to you anyway. It doesn't matter. But like we got to make margins and we're driving all around $5 a gallon in gas. I mean, I don't know how much gas is around your neck of the woods, but here it's pricey. So that's got to be worth your energy. It has to be worth your time to go. And, you know, people are starting to look at that. How about is this your favorite one when you roll up to a yard sale and someone has like the eBay printout of like what it's uh, worth on eBay? Uh, and I'm just like, wrong. you took the time to go to eBay, look this up, print it out and put it at your yard sale. You could have just listed it. Like, what's your problem? Like, I'm not paying you eBay price. <laughs> I asked them, do I get the 30 day guarantee that it's going to work? I can show back up in 30 days and give this back to you, get my money back. I ask them those kind of questions. Do people get offended and like just tell you to go away? I mean, I've never had that, but I'm trying that one next. <laughs> what do you offer? Do you offer like if they have the price of like, you know, 50 bucks or something, what would you offer? Depends on what the margin is and where I'm going to sell it. I'm bad at this. My buddy Harlan, the one I go to, I've learned a lot from him. He'll punch them in the gut. You know, if they want $50 for it, he'll tell I'll get, I get. was in at $5. I'm more of the 15, 20. I've got to get better at to get to where you want to be. You've got to hit them lower. That's a, something I've struggled with. Oh, Is it you think because you know what it's worth and it's hard because you're like, you know that like you're going to make a huge amount of money on? Because I feel like some people struggle with the fact that like, the value that you're getting is your knowledge. That person doesn't have the same knowledge as you. And therefore, if they have it marked at 10 bucks at their garage sale and you offer them five and they take it and you make an extra $5, you just paid yourself for your experience. They don't know that. Otherwise, they would have marked it up more. I look at it like you're you're getting paid what you're worth. You know, you, you've earned it. You've got your education and yard sale thrifting enough to know that like that's how you earn your money. So the knowledge, that's that's the point I was going to make is especially with estate sales, your knowledge is really key mm -hmm. because they can't look up everything and they can't understand it. I'm the electronics guy. Every estate sale you go to, you see that bucket full of cords, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a stack full of remotes. Yeah, I'm the guy that knows what all that stuff goes to. I can look at it and tell you, for the most part, what it goes to. And so they'll have something marked down to this. And I wander through the house to find the remote, to find the cables. I find, I'll put the thing together. And so an item that normally I wouldn't have bought because you have to add these things to it. Use the, the knowledge. You learn so much in this game, especially with estate sales. Go around the house and find all the parts to what you're missing. It's there. These people were using this stuff until something unfortunately happens to all of us. You know, people think you're just taking advantage of something. We're part of a process of, you know, there's so much stuff out there and your knowledge makes you money. And so I'm a firm believer that, you know, find the remote, find the cable, find the whatever, because they're not going to charge you. If there's a VCR there, they're not going to charge you any extra with the remote or without the remote. But you sell it for a lot more money on eBay or Amazon with the remote. I absolutely agree with you there. I have just so many times I've bought stuff that I look for the cords or I look for the pieces that go with it to be like, okay, if this is here, like you said, the other pieces have to be around here somewhere. I'm the person that I will dump out a bin and sit on the floor and I will look for stuff because it's like, you don't understand. I liken it to this for people that don't have that thrift bug or they've never experienced that or it's just not in them. Like, look, no harm, no foul. It's fine. My sister is that way. She's like, oh. You sit around and dig through everybody's dirty, nasty junk. And I was like, yeah, I said, but I said, if I told you there was a $50 bill at the bottom of that bin, would you dump it out and look for it? She said, yeah, I said, that's what I'm doing. And she's like, ah, the light bulb went off. And she's like, I just didn't see it that way. And I'm like, but that's what it is. I just see a $50 bill down there and you see, you know, a dirty remote control and like somebody's nasty stuff. And I'm like, nope, I said a quick arm roll wipe on this thing and I can sell it for 50 bucks. And she's like, Okay, that makes a lot more sense now. So it, it's just kind of like, that's how we see it. We see those dollar signs and, and bills hanging because we have done this so long that we can, you know, we got to go again at some point. I'm coming down to visit y'all. And I'm, we're going to, I'm going to come down and we're going to thrift together because we will, we'll, we'll have, we'll make a video and we'll have like a haul and like what you find and what I find and how different it is and how we can learn from each other's process. I'll be, I'll be your way in August. So. Okay, literally, this is uh, this is recorded. I have witnesses. You've been here before, and you don't hit me up. So now I have I have twenty plus thousand people holding you accountable for hitting me up when you come in August. Yeah, so a family reunion is in somewhere in Lenawee County, but I'll be. And the week before that is the one one of the sales. So the long yard sales. I've been trying to do more of those. And there's one that's all the way across the state of Michigan. I think it's yes. Highway 12. It's the week before uh, the reunion. So I'm trying to figure out. 
what to do for a whole we'll, week. We'll talk off air about that. We'll make some plans because uh, that would be that would be just we can make get so much video footage. That would be a really good time to do that and just take time to to hang out and do what we love and and get some video. That that'd be fun for both of our channels and just for fun, right? So that'd be cool. We'll talk about that off air and how we can get together with that. So. To wrap up a little bit, like, let's just talk, because I said we're dropping some e-com wisdom. It's not really about our processes and this and that, but like all over the years, how many things have changed and how we're changing and adapting so that like, you know, instead of complaining about the rules, we're just like, okay, what do I need to do different? You said something earlier, like, I thought I'd never sell on Facebook Marketplace and here I am. And it's just like, well... You know, that's what we do when we adapt to the time is when you realize that it's easier to put something on your front porch or at your at the curb and someone, you know, Venmo's you money. It's like, okay, this is really easy now. It's not as complicated as it used to be with like Craigslist or even Facebook when, you know, if you do on Facebook Marketplace, everyone's always like, is this still available? And you get a lot of that. So it's a lot of annoying stuff. But it's just like, hey, 50 bucks, porch pickup or driveway pickup, Venmo, here's the code. Like, you know, it's it's getting a lot easier to kind of do those things and adapt to the never agains or whatever. But, you know, keeping that back in there with the passion and all of that, just like I think when once a reseller, always a reseller, it's like something faucet in our brains we can't turn off. So we're going to have to somehow, some way figure out how to resell for the rest of our lives. It's the opposite. You know, people always want to ask you the question, what would you do if you didn't have an Amazon? What would you do if the internet died today? And I always see the other option is what are we going to do tomorrow? Because where's your audience going? You know, the audience has gone to apps. The audience has gone to Facebook Marketplace. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the local stuff, that's where they've gone. They've gone to online auctions. And so my question is, do you look forward enough to see where you're going and to continue selling, to continue doing what you love to do? Because you know, the internet's not going to die today. Mm-hmm. You know, don't ask me hypothetical questions about something that's probably not going to happen. I'll ask you a realistic question of where's the change coming? You know, where are you going to be in two years? Or do you stay on top of trends? You know, I'm not a clothing seller, but if I was, you can bet your butt I'd be on Poshmark because people are making a ton of money over there on clothes. Absolutely. I yeah. recently just started selling 80s clothes because they're so easy to get at at estate sales and for cheap. I mean, you're talking about a 1980s windbreaker outfit for $2 that sells for over a hundred on eBay all day long, as fast as you can buy it now, 150 bucks for like this straight up 80s, like go look for them, man. The windbreaker jackets, especially if you have the full set. I mean, that it's coming back. And like, that was the 80s, right? But that's what I mean. It's just like, I love what you said there about like not looking backwards, but more looking forward to the change, like what's coming. Like we've been in this game long enough to know, and we're old enough, right. To know that like all these fashion stuff comes back eventually things like that, like the eighties are coming back right now and everything's neon colors and all this, you know, stuff like that. My, my youngest one is into all that. And so it makes my reseller eyes be like, okay, next time I'm at the sub sailor, I'm at the estate sale, I'm gonna start looking for these 80s stuff. And sure enough, my eyes perk up and I'm there's just money hanging in the closet anywhere. And I really don't discriminate. If I see it there, I can't leave it there. If I know it's got value, I mean, I just I can't. It's like I know how much that's worth. And my mind says, You don't have time to list that. I'm like, I'll get to it. I was like, I can't leave a hundred dollar bill hanging in there. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to your new listeners and your new people that are doing this. I can never catch up with Scott and Kristen. They they done it so long, they got so much knowledge. Understand you carry a computer around with you everywhere you go. There's more power in that phone than the computer that put us on the moon. It's ridiculous how much power you have in your hands and can look it up and doing something, voice searching on an eBay or an Amazon app. It takes no time, folks. Yeah, I'm standing in the closet in an estate sale and I got my phone and I'm like uh, 1980s windbreaker outfit, women's size large and it's eBay. I look, all of a sudden I see a, buy it now, buy it now. And it's like all recently sold in the past week. I'm like, these are selling hot and they're selling fast. And I'm like, here's $2 stuff. That's like, this is last day leftovers, people, stuff people don't want. And that's the beauty of, and and I love how you're addressing people that are kind of new and they're thinking I'm new to eBay. Everybody has a knowledge bank that's different. You and I went thrifting once and we hit totally different corners of the store. You come back with a cart. I come back with a cart, different stuff. And now we just... Now we're trading knowledge. Now we're like, oh, what do you have? What do you have? You know, and it's just, 
it's like we all know a little bit about something different. And, you know, if you grew up in a different era or a different decade or a different thing, or, you know, you've had a wife that struggles with cancer and my same, same, same thing with my dad. So we're more product aware of different segments that happen in our lives, different things. And, you know, I like the jewelry while other people like other stuff. There's room for everybody because there's something for everyone. And that's what's great about the sales and things. My husband, even when we go to estate sales, he knows so much about tools and he'll pick something up and be like, you know how much that is at Home Depot? I was like, no. He's like, 500 bucks. You look down, it's 50. He's like, yeah, yeah. I can flip that tomorrow. He One time he bought something that we needed to use. He used it to put, it was like a floor, something, something with the flooring, put the flooring in and then sold it for the same price he bought it for, same price he needed, things like that. It's like, he knows more about tools, but I could walk in and to me, I see just a bunch of junk. I don't even know what it is, what it's doing. You know, it's just everybody has a knowledge bank to tap into and there's always money to be made. If Joni's the same way, she's a wonderful cook and collects Pyrex. Just she'll track along every now and then and anything in the kitchen, she can tell you immediately how much it costs. You know, do people still use it? She'll go wander somewhere. I'm like, well, if you find something interesting, just hold on to it. We can figure out if we want it or not. And this is someone who doesn't thrift or doesn't do any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. She loves the fact, and don't miss this, you you need a supportive partner. You know, she loves the fact that I'm doing what I love. And so she used to not care. You know, did you have a good time? I'm like, yeah, I had it. Now it's, she wants me to show her what I picked up. And she's very, very interested in the things. That, a lot of it she steals, but that's okay. <laughs> Oh, is this for me? Oh, is this for me? <laughs> yeah, she got a, a zero gravity chair and I was going to run through the auction because I picked it up for five freaking bucks. Yeah, it's on the back porch. <laughs> oh, that would not have made it past my back porch either. I'm sorry. Five dollars. <laughs> I'm like, that's 30 or 40 at the auction. Yeah. And She's like, so yeah, it's 50 at the store. So thanks for the discount. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love how too, like, you know, you always find your people, right? And, you know, it's like, that's the thing is that communicating with people, having a support system of somebody, no matter what you're doing, whether they understand it or not, like, you know, just somebody that can support you and say, hey, you know, this is what you're doing and and this is what you love. Then most people excel and do really well at the things that they love. You don't have to, like for my son as an example, like I never once had to say, hey, go play your guitar. He got a guitar. He never put it down. Never, ever. When he gets home from work, he plays his guitar every single day. It's like you don't have to tell somebody to do something they love. It's like, this is what I want to do. This is what I will move mountains to do. Whoever's listening, if that's something that you feel, then you've got to follow that because no one else is going to follow it for you. Do it on your downtime. Do it on your evening time. Eventually make it something you love because life is too short. Like you even said with you know, any bouts with cancer or anything like that, losing somebody you know, life is too short to do something you hate. It's just money. Like you can make money. It's very, you know, there's so many people teaching how too. It's like, but you got to do something that you really, really enjoy doing. Otherwise it's just, it's just not worth it. Life's too short. Another long-term thing for you folks is surround yourself with people that are supportive to you. There's so much around to be negative about, you know, if you focus on one thing I've noticed is there's not as much people at the yard sales here now. I don't know if it's because the gas prices or whatever, but I'm like, even if I drive 60 miles on a Friday, the gas is only up two dollars a gallon. That's only that's only costing me an extra six dollars. Surround Do yourself with right. supportive, positive people, and you know they don't have to love what you do, but they have to be invested enough in you to know that your success is their success. Mm-hmm. And truly, I lost some good friends here this, this past year, and that's that's another thing that's really thrifting. Couple, uh, Dusty and Tristan, Alabama pickers, both passed away. They were both younger than me. They were in their mid forties. Mm-hmm. And then Harlan's brother, this is the one that hurts, Kevin Tyree, in better shape than me. You know, doctor said, do this. That's what he did. He worked out. He, 44 years old, sat down on a recliner, didn't get up the next morning. 44 years old. Folks, follow your passion, do what you love. Surround yourself with positive people. You only get one shot at this this go around and make what's important to you. It's It's really been driven home this year. Not that I didn't get enough of it with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. It just it just got kicked again to really up to the another level. Life's too short to be unhappy. Life's too short to be miserable, not doing what you love. And surround yourself. You are truly the people who you the five or six people who you're surrounded. That's who you become. Whether you like it or not, it's a fact. And if you're not who you are and the people who are around you are not that way, make some tough decisions in life because yeah. it's short. Yeah, life really is short. And, you know, I think you hit a certain age when you really start to realize like what 
we start to shift what's really important to us. It's like, okay, we know 168. I use that number all the time, all the time. It's like 168 hours a week. That's all you get. And you don't know how many weeks you have left. You have no idea. Uh, I did this exercise recently. I read this book called uh, The Bucket List Book by Trav Bell. And I just, I'm a bucket list person. I love that. And there's a chart at the beginning and it has, it's numbered one through 80. And the first thing he has you do is cross off how old you are. And you physically crossing off those boxes is like a light bulb going off. Be like, now count how many is left. If you live to be the average age of 80 on the planet, I guess, whatever. And it's actually lower in most places, but America and some other places, it's 80 years old. So there's 80 on there. And I'm crossing off and I'm just like, wow, there's a lot gone. And it's like, okay, I got about half of mine left. But I'm like, what do you, and it's like, the question is like, what do you want to do with it? Like, the only thing stopping you from doing anything that you love and want to do is you. Nobody else is. If you want the money because you can't afford to do it, then make the money to do it. You know, just it's so inspiring. But it was also just very eye opening to realize that, like, no matter what age you are, whether you're 20 or 60, those boxes are going away. And what what you want to do to me, failure is better than regret. I'd rather fall on my face trying than not not try at all. And so um, really just this message for everyone today is really just about that, right? Just do what you love and love the people that you're with, because that's really what's the most important. If you're waiting for the perfect time, it's, it's like the old adage about when you're going to have kids. If you're waiting for the perfect time to have children, you know, I'm going to wait till I'm financially success. None of that stuff ever happens. You just got to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with, you know, whatever you choose. If you choose reselling, like we've chosen, you know, you get busy at it. Are you going to make some mistakes? Are you going to lose money on stuff? I'm telling you, the, the lessons you learn by the failures are you're so rewarded by the fact that you went through some of these things. And as life and events and stuff makes you a better person, it's just, it's the same thing with reselling. The more you do, the more the more you try things, the more you're willing to take a gamble and a risk, the better you are. Your instincts get so much better. Yes. You want to know how I can walk into a yard sale and look at this, this, and this. I've been doing this for a long time. I've practice. bought enough, it's I've practice. Bought enough bad things. but. I can tell you one thing about people who are in social media. Rarely do we show you the bad stuff. That's something that probably needs to change something. I, I do it every now and then. And people are going, I'm glad to see that, you know, I'm not the only one. That, we all make mistakes, but mm-hmm. mistakes don't get clicks. Mistakes don't get views, listens. Yeah. And so what's the title of, I found a home run at a yard sale. That gets tons of views. Mm-hmm. You know, I screwed up and bought this gets nothing. Yeah. <laughs> So that's I don't know, man. I like to learn what not to buy, you know, especially if it's something that you look for. But like, OK, like the top 10, like, you know, I don't know. What's his name? Uh, Jason T. Smith does a lot of music and, and CDs yep. and stuff like that. So he's always doing CD stuff. And I'm just like, show me the top 100 CDs to never touch with a 10 foot pole that use as like a door stopper or, you know, that's just what I think of some of that. So maybe we we change the thing and we say, these are stuff what not to buy and how, what, all the things I wasted money on that I'm taking now to the donation pile that I bought that wasn't good. Uh, or something you missed a boat on, right? Something that you thought was still trendy and you realize now there's a thousand of them and you just missed it. Yeah. CDs are easy. I've taken part of his classes and uh, anything popular, walk away from. It. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you've That's never right. heard of it, it's worth money. <laughs> That's what I think. Oh, correct. It's the CDs are especially... Yeah, if you find a CD that you've never heard of, but looks professionally produced, like you're like, okay, this is somebody something. Usually if you have never heard of it, it's worth money. That's always what I think. That's exactly how I look at them. I've been to state sales and if it's a bunch of big band and other kind of stuff, I'm like, hey, I'm I'm interested. If it's a bunch of, you know, eight, 90s or current country or something, because I live in Alabama, none of that's worth any money. Right. So. For sure. For sure. Well, Scott, I appreciate your time and your energy. It's always a delight to talk with you on any time and on the podcast. And I think for sure, I'm holding your feet to the fire. We're getting together in August. We'll at least make a couple yard sale videos just for fun. Uh, we'll make time because, you know, that's what we said. Life is short, right? <clears throat> when are you coming back to Michigan? So um, we'll do that. You guys stay tuned to the Amazon Files podcast. Y'all, I know you could be anywhere else doing any other thing. I don't take that for granted. Thank you for listening to us, Scott. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you guys same time, same place next week on the Amazon Files. Thank you for being a loyal listener. If you are ready to take your business to a whole new level, I'm ready to work with you. Visit mommyincome.com slash coach to schedule your one-on-one call today. I'll be back next week with more strategies to help you succeed. Until then, step small and dream big. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Amazon Files podcast. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes by heading over to mommyincome.com forward slash review. The Amazon Files will be back again next week. Thanks again for listening.